In today's podcast, I'm talking to Flavilla Fongang. Flavilla and I met in September 2021. One thing I really recognized with her right at the beginning was how she stood out. She branded herself colorfully. She stood out because of her dress sense, because of her posture, because of her tone, because everything she said about her was says this woman means something and will get stuff done. And as you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you're going to hear those words coming through. She started life in Paris. She moved to London by chance. She knew what she wanted, but actually she's created her own way forwards. When others turned right, she turned left. People said to her, why did you do that? And she said, because no one else is doing it. There's a real key message here, whether you're building a business or just starting out in business, whether you've got a great business or whether you're just a person looking to learn from life. Listen to the words Flavilla uses, because what she's all about is helping people understand what makes them truly excellent. She wants people to find out what makes them exceptional. She's an enabler. She gets stuff done. She's done so much good, and I believe there's lots more coming. So as you listen to this story, I wonder what is it you could do to become truly excellent? What is it you need to do to be exceptional? And how can you build that into your business and in your life? As always, please remember to leave us a rating and a review because that's how other people find this podcast. We want other people out there to listen to these words, to realize that business is about commercial and cultural. And it's the cultural piece that really drives success in the future. So what is it you can do to enable us to get this message to a wider audience? Enjoy the show. And as always, if you have comments, please send them to me. It's phil at igniumconsult.com. Welcome to the Sparks by Ignium podcast. I'm Phil Rose, your host. And today I'm delighted to be with Flavilla Fongang. I met Flavilla last September 2021 on a farm in Wiltshire, where Dominic Monkhouse was hosting an event for scaling up companies and growth businesses. Flavilla was there to give a keynote speech. And I listened to what she said and thought, I need to be talking to this lady. She's got something to say. And here I am today, back in 2022, having this conversation. So Flavilla describes herself in many ways, but one of the things she says is she's an enabler. So I just want to start off on that, Flavilla. Welcome to the Sparks Bigingham Show. Tell me about enabling. <laughs> Thank you so much, Phil, first of all, for having me. And this feels like such a long time away when we first met, but I'm so glad we connected and, and be able to talk together. But yes, yeah, so uh, people know me for many things. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm the founder of Free Colors War, a creative branding and marketing agency for technology companies. But also people know me as the founder of TLA Black Women in Tech, which is a network supporting Black women in technology. But I'm also a keynote speaker. So yes, my expertise sits within marketing psychology. Mm. And uh, I was, like you as well, I have a podcast so people can, can hear my voice uh, every Monday morning and listen to a new episode where I have conversation with people and tech entrepreneurs, but also people in the world of technology who are supporting the growth of great companies. Yeah. Um, yeah and beyond that, obviously, I also provide a number of, of uh, I'm a course, I'm a teacher within the branding and, and marketing space. So doing a lot of things, uh, not losing my mind, which is super important, protecting my peace. <laughs> And yeah, and uh, enjoying life. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I, lo I love that. You know, it was a long time ago when we think about, you know, September 2021 when we met and uh, it was a beautiful day there. And I'm looking out the garden now. It's a sort of sunny day now. And I think, you know, enjoying life. It's a beautiful life. And um, you know, one of the things about this podcast, it's about it's about connecting people in business. But also yeah. we find a lot of our listeners as well are, are non-business people because they come together to learn about, you know, the world of business. But actually it's about personal development as well. And yeah. I think you can't you can't separate people from business because it's all about people not at all not at all 
And, and, and I love that point that you use that word of being an enabler. So, so what does, what does an, being an enabler mean to you? Because that's what you do. I think, you know, by nature, and, you know, if you think about burning itself and everything starts as well, you know, if I go back into my story, going into details, but before working in branding, I used to be a fashion consultant. And it was, you know, looking at someone, their body shape and frustration in terms of how they present themselves. And then you know, showing them a different version of themselves in terms of sending colors and, you know, you know, clothes that fit them be best and seeing tears in their eyes because their perception of them, of themselves change. Yeah. So they could feel that, you know, they can achieve new heights. And that's the same thing, you know, I've, you know, I work with, you know, younger dynamic individuals, you know, they come, they are raw, it's a bit like a diamond, you know, if you think about a diamond, you pick it up raw and then you shape it, you, you know, you, you figure out what works best for someone until, you know, they have this confidence and confidence you know, takes them, you know, miles away. And again, sitting with clients as well, they come with complex and very intelligent individuals who, you know, would honestly know how to use the right language to speak and connect with individuals. And we get a sense of that, you know, what's the bigger thing. And that's what for me means, you know, enablement is that are you able to see beyond just what you see right now yeah. and see what this person is able to achieve. And that's something that's always, you know, fascinates me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there's something which you've, you've I've listened to a number of your podcasts. And, and I think one of the bits that you talked about in one of your early podcasts, which is something that really resonates with me, because it's a it's a Maya Angelou quote she uses when she talks about things about uh, it's not what you say that matters. It's actually about how you make people feel. And I think this is something that you talk about and you've used in your business life because that's what you do. And that thing about, you know, in fashion, it's about how people feel. Mm -hmm. But actually, when we're working with people, actually, people give their all because they feel good about being there. So I wonder, how's that helped you over your journey since mm. coming to London? I want to go back into that later on as well to, to enable people by helping them feel good. Yeah. You know, what you describe here is called emotional marketing. And uh, and behind that, you know, that's where we are in a world where everything has been <laughs> disrupted by the C word. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. So my journey, you know, going back to, you know, gosh, now, you know, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, arriving here, not being a word, not being able to speak a word of English. Sometimes I feel like I still don't, <laughs> uh, but you know, I somehow find my way around. But not being able to speak a word of English and just you know, um, exploring and and learning. Imagine having to learn at the same time, having to learn a language and at the same time to learn a topic or uh, skills, mm. uh, different skills, shall I say? That's what happened to me, and I was. You know, sometimes you have to be forced. You know, you have to force yourself to be to be uncomfortable to be able to grow. You know, I would say like you know, if you are too comfortable in any situation, you will never be able to to really achieve your full potential. And that's what I did. I said, okay, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I cannot go back <laughs> because I'm in another country and I can only count on myself, not on my part, not on my mother, not on anybody else, than just myself to find a way to make it work. And that's yeah. something that I, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, taking a leap of faith in terms of where your journey leads, you know, can lead you to. And I've applied, you know, I've, you know, I've used, you know, fear, as a driver, Sophia, as a, it can be a liar, but mm -hmm. you need to fear to really embracing it and anything that you know. If you don't let it, don't let it control your mind, you can do something more, and that's what has helped me be a natural creative person. Where mm -hmm. the naysayers told me, "Yeah, you shouldn't do that; it's not needed," you know. But I strongly believe in my ideas and what I have done, and and then listening back to those naysayers, say, yeah, I'm glad you did it. I was like, "Well, I'm glad yeah. I didn't listen to you." <laughs> I think there's something in there, isn't it? Because the naysayers are all around us, especially in this world of setting up our businesses. And, and a lot of people haven't, they, they don't embrace that fear 
or, mm. or they, you know, it, in, in the, the words of the book by Susan Jeffers, when they say, feel the fear and do it anyway, actually mm. a lot of people feel the fear and don't do it. They stop themselves because they're scared because mm. they're worried for, for lots of reasons. But a lot of those fears are, as we always say, false expectations appearing real. It's something out there in the horizon that we're just anticipating something, but we're not sure. But so it stops us. But mm. you stepped into that world. And, and you know, one, one thing I know about as you, you know, you mentioned about being born in Paris and then at some stage, stepping out and deciding to come to London. So, so I wonder, could you talk a bit about that, that journey to get you from Paris to London right at the beginning? Yes. There's something fascinating for me about that as a, as a French speaker, deciding yeah. to come to London. <laughs> I must say it was really random. You know, it wasn't, it was not planned. I never planned to, to move in and lived in London. So, um, so yes, yeah, so when I was in Paris, so I, I, it's very interesting because I was doing, I was second year, second year of my BA and I was, you know, I was great in every single uh, topics except English. So <laughs> right into classes going from A to F. So A as the best and F as the worst one. And I was in F. F people cannot even say one sentence. And, but I, you know, I was, you know, except from that, you know, if, if Spanish was, you know, a language that I loved and, um, I was, I have been a head teacher, head teacher for a very long time, but before that, just to go back a bit more okay. uh, before going to university. So I come from a background where, you know, people think I'm, I'm from Paris. I, I come from a very privileged environment, which is not the case. What people, what people don't tell you, especially Emily in Paris doesn't tell you is that there's also the ghetto, if you <laughs> reference to a Netflix series, which always yeah. makes me laugh, but there's a, there's a ghetto in Paris and that's where I grew up. So, you know, um, not having the room or, you know, my, my personal room to, to work and study by myself, it was really hard. And we finally got given a, a new a new apartment in, in another district in Paris, and I got more space and also moved to a new college. And wow. I met this head teacher, which, I really, which I've been searching for for a long time. I hope she's still alive. And she looked at all my grades and she looked at those, those numbers. Everything was great, ex, you know, at, literally I had nothing above 10 except above the average except uh, except sports because I used to love to play basketball I was to play now I'm probably rubbish <laughs> because you look at my grade and think oh my gosh you can do better than this and that was just this magical words that really changed my life and and I realized that you know sometimes you have to put faith in someone and for them to be able mm -hmm. to do something great and from that point, I became a bit of an obsessive, you know, student. I wanted to be the best in class. If I had 19 out of 20, I was like, why? <laughs> you know, if somebody has a better than me, let me see what you put down and really just consciously, like, if I'm not winning, what am I supposed to learn? So that has been my approach. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so English was one thing that was not great with me and, you know, moving into, uh, you know, when I was at university. And, but I was, you know, very close to the head teacher because I was like, we should improve this. How about this? You know, this, this student always looking in terms of how can we make it better for, for the university? And, you know, one of the million times I went to his office and I sat down and said, I just wait a minute, I have a meeting and I see you afterwards. And as I was sat, as I was sat, um, I looked up and I saw this little A4 paper that say, hey, you want to do this exchange program to study in London why not and wow. that was the time when I was applying to university business school really just applying without really knowing what I want to do because that's why I find it very strange that we ask us when we're so young to make decisions that we probably don't know really much where we want to go and sometimes life should be more about trying as many many careers as possible before you decide where you want to go so I thought you know playing safe you know business schools would be yeah. good you know university and, as, and at the same time applied as my last um my third option was this program I sat okay. down with a woman she looked at my girls like why do you want to go you are rubbish <laughs> I said, Haha, exactly where I want to go 
And she's Incredible. and I convinced her, I guess probably I was already <laughs> a good salesperson. So that's exactly where I want to go because I, I'm good at everything. That's where I'm gonna I'm going to improve. Yeah. And uh, two weeks later, they were only taking two people out of of the entire university to go. Wow. And yeah, two weeks later, um, I received a letter and I was, I remember I was still in the living room with my, my mom and the news on TV was about in, English girls in, in London, girls getting killed in parks. Oh no. My God, what's happening and so forth. And I said, and I opened the letter, I said, yes, you've been accepted to the Erasmus program for a year in London. And, and my mom said, what's, what's wrong? What's, and she looked at my face like, oh. And I said to her, I'm going to London. Like, and she said, you're not. I said, why? I said, girls are getting killed in London. Oh no. And I said to her, like, have you ever seen me run? I said, no. So why are you worried? <laughs> There's no one going to run at five o'clock in the evening when it's dark in, in the park when I know that there's people crazy in the world. So no, don't worry about it. Love so it. I went and, and as I said, the rest was just um, a magical story that um, led me to just, you know, again, to put myself out of my comfort zone. And I realized, yeah. really realized like, wow, wow, what is helping us than us, really? You know, we, you know, um, not saying that, they, you know, not everything, not, I think what I'm trying to say is that if you really put your mind into it and work really hard, you know, you, you can make it happen. It's just yeah. about commitment, consistency, and, you know, and trust in yourself first. Yeah, yeah. And trust in yourself to be able to embrace upon that journey that comes with you first. You know, mm. you're learning something that people need to believe in you to say, yeah, I'm going to work with you to, to create something that I want to be part of that, part of history even, you know, something like that, you know. And um, gosh, got so many things that I've done, and yeah. and I had many careers. So fashion okay. was one of them. Um, okay, you know that, uh, that's interesting. Moving from Paris to London when you're interested in fashion as well, you know, yeah, I know. you would stay in Paris. I know. <laughs> the thing is, you know, I never. That's what's interesting is because I used to work in oil and gas in the event industry, so I've always had a natural, natural um, drive or interest towards fashion, but never thought that could be a career. And you know, and 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 I remember Gook one at a time came out on TV and it was very popular. And I think, oh wow, people get paid to do this. <laughs> so people get paid to do this. And that's when I realized, well, maybe I should go and try it. And yeah. um, I, I never did a fashion, any fashion degree. So I just decided Amazon, let me go and get as many books as I can online and just read, okay. read test on a couple of friends, and then what see it's out there. And I've continuously developed my skills for self-teaching, wow. whether it is in investment, whatever it is in obviously in branding and marketing so you know I, I do believe that you know maybe we're going off track but the education system sometimes is not always uh putting kids to be able to get the right experience that they need yeah. to be from well some things are required I, yeah. I would yeah. stop studying but i think it's more in terms of leave get into work into a real company so you can really see what it means yeah. you know anything yeah. that you're making and I think that's interesting, isn't it? Especially when you mentioned that world of fashion as well, because I think there are lots of courses around to teach people about fashion, but actually some, some people actually, they want to go and do it and they don't get educated in the traditional sense of education, but they're great at doing the job. They're yeah. great at creating something. And, and, you know, when I first saw you back in September last year, I saw a very well-dressed person who obviously knew, who, knew how to dress herself in that sense to make her feel good. So yeah. you actually had that natural inclination as well, and that natural ability to do things. And then you said, okay, how can I then turn that into a, into a business effectively? Mm. And I tell you why, you know, what's, what's interesting, Phil, is that the way I've presented myself, I've opened so many doors where, you know, I've black marked, as I say, I always say, how on earth sometimes I'm like, how did I find myself here? <laughs> <laughs> the way, you know, people say, yeah, you know, the way you dress doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Because, you know, the way you dress will say, okay, this person looks mm. like they are credible. They have something, obviously, if you articulate 
you know, combine with that, we say, okay, Rick, I would like to invite you to a private event. And then we say, yeah, I'm good at this private event. I meet someone, becomes a great connection, then opens up the doors and, and all these things. Yeah. So we present and articulate yourself. And I think, you know, I've, I play a lot on, on the French accents. That's why I probably haven't lost it. <laughs> it's always been very useful. And people do, um, you know, do love, you know, thank God I have an accent people like. But yes, all these things are part of what is my brand. Yeah, and I, yeah. You know, to to really just, um, you know, create an environment people want to be around me, you know? You should let people know that I was wearing stiletto in a farm every time we met as well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's true, isn't it? Yes, stilettos on a farm. Luckily, there was, there was the ground was hard enough at that time, but you're right, stilettos on a farm. So, so when, did you, when did you first discover this world of branding and the, the impact that branding can have? Because you mm. talk about, you know, if you, if you look good, actually, and you feel good, there's that, that inner an outward um, energy mm -hmm. flows. But when did you first discover that branding was something that you could go and do? And, you know, we often talk about branding about the, the, the overt picture we saw on the front page, but it's yeah. all the bit behind it. So tell me about your journey into branding in that case. Yes, I would tell you something first, and I think people really, really, really underestimate, underestimate how important branding is, especially for a business. So um, back in, you know, back years ago, I was, um, <laughs> so I say I was branding, I was doing personal branding, but I was doing branding for business. So, and at the time, Time I was dating a plumber, very good looking, mixed race, beautiful, and, and uh, but his website was rubbish. And uh, I was laughing, and I remember on his website he had a boiler. I said, "What do you have a boiler on your <laughs> yeah, That's what I do. That's what I sell. I said, "Well, darling, that's not what you sell. That's what probably you do, but that's not the messaging that you should be going out of there. Think about the bigger picture. It should be about the pleasure of being at home, especially you know when it's cold outside, knowing that your heating mm -hmm. is working." That's why you provide people who have, you know, people who have a house, but it's different between having a home and you create an environment that people want to be in, you know, and that's what the story should be about. Yeah. But again, something I didn't know that was called branding, you know, I didn't know that was a, a branding, you know, that's what branding services was about. I just thought, you know, I'm doing, I'm involved in a, in a, in a fashion consultancy space, but not necessarily in business branding. And I realized as I, as I started going to a number of networking events, so yeah. being out there and talking to a lot of people, I realized, wow. What they say and what they show on their profile is completely different. Yeah, I'm buying okay. through their own messaging, but when I'm going to their website, it is the opposite. And say, wow. And, um, and so really I'm going to make a shift. So I went from personal branding to business branding because again, something okay. you'd be great at what you do, but if you don't know how to articulate the value you are offering, then you're going to miss out. Or quite often, you create a low value perception. Yeah, yeah. People love doing, and that's where people get lost quite often in that exercise. They say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get a logo done. I say, well, I mean, before you do your logo done, what exactly is your vision, mission? Where are you going with that? Because again, nowadays, you know, well, as we people are much more, as I say, like the new generation is coming to the into the, mm. <laughs> the workspace, into the workforce, right? Say, and um, they are looking for companies that are really impact driven so yeah yeah otherwise you're just going to lose them like, i'm not just working with you maybe for a long time to get a bit of a name reputation but after that i'm going to look where i feel like i'm part of something bigger yeah, that's what yeah. Branding is about. it's not just about logos about what is the thing that goes beyond just the delivery of a service and that's what i love helping people get there and get a sense of be able to serve not only my customers but also create an environment that benefits my entire stakeholders 
And I, and I love that in that journey, because obviously when you're talking there about, you know, creating and articulating what you do and creating the image of what you do, because, you know, the typical plumber with the boiler on the website, but I love that transferring and just looking at the other side of the coin was actually you're creating an environment where people want to sit down and, and enjoy and relax mm -hmm. and, and taking that from a business perspective. Actually, a lot of businesses, they have their, their pretty picture on the card, but actually it's what's inside the business, but people don't actually understand it because they see the logo. But behind the logo, behind that branding is what really stands out. And you know, it's funny because there's that fear of sometimes, you know, one thing that we, we were also victim of it. And I always say to people, pick a niche and be very clear in terms of who you want. Don't yeah. be afraid to, you know, cut off people because if they really want to work with you, they'll still come and work with you anyway. But be very clear in terms of who you want to work with. And the more clear you are in terms of who you want to work with, the more you're going to attract. Yeah. For me, I was, yeah. I want to work with tech disruptor. People are, you know, seeing there's a problem in the world and they want to disrupt that. That's the type of people that I've attracted, and I'm yeah. therefore excited to work with them. And when it's easy to ventricle, you know, when I brief my team, it's like, this is what they're trying to achieve. Can you see their vision? Yes. So when you're designing, you're designing in, in that purpose. When you're working on, on searching for events, you design understanding what they're trying to achieve, you know? And I love that about that niching, isn't it? Because too, you're right, too many people scatter, scatter gun and, and you know they spread themselves too thinly. Mm. But actually, when you create that niche, when you actually, you know, you go from being a a, a jack of all trades to to focusing on something and saying these are the people I really want to work yes. with. People then come to you, and actually, you can you can charge a premium for it. But actually, you attract the right employees as well. People want to come and work to you because they see you standing with something in that niche sector effectively 100 percent, and i think it's probably <laughs> when i think about it probably it's just my princess status that i have i'm actually an african princess yes my heritage is from a black ibuza except the egyptian empire but that's another topic <laughs> that's another story i have that mindset that i want people to come to me i want to be in a position where i can choose and Therefore, was it creating a number of inbound and, you know, great value Like, wow, by the time you've come to me, so you've made a decision, can you afford me or not? The more, you know, this is what I created. So, you know, there's a, there's a, yeah, that token of, I want people to come and say, yeah, I want to work with you, with you guys. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I remember years ago when I did my marketing qualification, many years mm -hmm. ago, uh, there was a famous quote that, that my, the owner of the company I was working with at the time used to say, and he said that the, the point of marketing is to make sales superfluous. And what he meant by that was actually, if you create the market around you, you don't need to sell anything because people come to you and they want what you do. And you've already positioned your pricing. You've already positioned the market you're going to be working on. They know what service they're going to get and they know what product you're going to be providing. Yes. And I come back to the, the, the work of um, Reese and Trout. They wrote a book called Positioning, the Battle, the Battle for the Mind, I think it was called. Mm. Um, and their view on positioning was actually exactly that. If you're focused, what's your market? What's your service? What's your product? What's your price? And get clear on it and then distill it down to one word mm. to say, this is who we work with. Mm. This is what we are. Mm. Actually, people know what it is straight away. And I think that's the key bit that if you get that right, people come to you because they want to work with you and the business you've created. Absolutely. Absolutely. And can you believe it? We actually never advertised. Wow. Maybe now that, you know, we're looking to, you know, different stage of where we're going, but we never advertised. And again, something, you know, it's that, you know, presence and, you know, um, you know, you know, what we're saying out there, how we position yourself as leaders in the field. We know we're talking about people want to hear those conversations. We never advertised. That's amazing. And, and that's the power of that branding. Mm. So, so one thing I know you did do at the beginning, you did do when you know, obviously when you arrived in London, you, 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 you did your education, but actually then you, you started networking when you started creating a business. Yes. So, so, so I think there's a there's an interesting segue there. And I'd love to talk about this bit about networking, because you noticed something when you were in that networking room to see those people. 
you were networking in the arena as, as a business person. Where did you go and how did you find out about the next stage of your journey? Such a good question. So first thing I did, so when I started my journey as an entrepreneur, I just went to my friend and asked them a lot of questions. So tell me what you've done, when, how you launched your business, what was a good networking space? And one of them mm. was mentioned was the London Chamber of Commerce, which was great. So okay. when a small business, they have a co-working space, so you can see that you can have, so for an annual fee, you can get a meeting space, which is quite nice when you, you know, when you don't necessarily have an office yet in London and so forth. So I took first thing first, which was great because I will commit myself to at least do one networking a day. And again, something that was okay. at the point when I started, I didn't have a clear focus in terms of which type of clients I wanted to work with in which industry. So therefore, the chamber was great because it was a mixture of everybody from most mm -hmm. business, big, small, all industries, just having a good conversation. But what was great about mm -hmm. that, I made some really good friends, you know, business friends. And then, you know, we started working and developing different partnerships and so forth. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. Then obviously, when we took an approach towards much more towards technology, yeah. That's when I was much more focused in terms of where do I network and so forth. So if I'm not, I would not go to any random business working event. I want to go where there are technology companies and I can talk about my expertise, where again, I'm, I'm, I am needed when I'm, um, when people are actually looking for someone like me. And in the back of that as well, I thought, okay, it's great to network, but there's no way. And I think that's the thing. People think that they need to give as many business cards as possible. <laughs> I go, I remember one friend said to me, like, I only go with 10 business cards. Like, why? So I don't give it to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. take 10 business cards. And I will only give it to people who are very relevant. And the rest, I will just connect with them on LinkedIn directly. The rest, I will give them a business card. And like, oh, that's a very good approach. So I will always go in my pocket with 10 business cards and no more. I like that. What a great approach. Interesting, actually. I, 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 you know, none of, none of us have done much networking face-to-face -face over the last year and a half. But actually, it's the bit that I miss is actually being in front of people. But I love your point there about 10, 10 networking business cards, because then you've mm -hmm. got focus conversations. You can still mm -hmm. connect them on, with them on LinkedIn easy enough or mm -hmm. other places. But having those 10, that means there's 10 special proper conversations. Absolutely. And you don't have, because something like you can, even when you take a business card, the one that you think that just you put in one pocket and the thing that you can really follow up, then you could put in another pocket. And I think some, you know, sometimes, you know, you can go to an event just, you know, to maybe identify some partners and some of them can be to, to just net, um, just good uh, potential prospect or clients. Mm -hmm. But what was good, as I said, like, you know, the, the part where it's good to be in a room, but again, you can't speak to everybody, but you have much more authority if you are on stage and then everybody's paying attention as uh, your eyes on you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, you know, if you look at the marketing and the branding, and branding space can be quite broad. And my thing, it was, uh, it was so funny. It was a, an event company. I don't know if they still exist, but we did the most of the quickest event ever. It was yoga be or, you know, bring your dog and do yoga to, <laughs> uh, you know, understanding the mind of a serial killer. Even, even one of the, so I started my journey to, to speaking within with that platform where I was talking about neuromarketing. marketing. The new marketing thing was actually was not something that I was driven by me, so I'm not going to take credit for it. It was one of my team who say, hey, Baba, we talk about new marketing because I think it's an interest to our that psychology. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And um, but we didn't again something like we did things that we didn't necessarily name because we you know we understood the, the power of psychology design, you know, and I always say that. If if uh, if uh, you know security guard is wearing a pink outfit, you're probably just gonna laugh at him because you're not gonna be intimidated. But if there is a black one, then you're scared of him. Just just two colors, just show you how our mind just recognizes you know those two things differently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it looks like people are very interested, and then people who would travel from Manchester to go in, and I would be doing a talk inside a boat, really the most random place, and you know <laughs> going to this bar on top of Shoreditch where the floor is sticky. 
trust me my journey into speaking has been eventful but beautiful mm, yes and, love and it. we loved it and it's like wow this is something that not a lot of people are talking about but i am good at it so how about i pitch myself into this space and, and that's why the you know the the, the stages became bigger and bigger and um you know you know five thousand i always laugh about this where one of my one of my team marketing put me into a, a gig in in, uh, in in Romania and I didn't know. So I arrived at five o'clock in the morning. I was tired. I didn't even check what time my talk was supposed to be. At about one hour to sleep, take a shower. Oh, yeah. And then I was in stage at, one at 11 o'clock. Then I arrived into the room. No, I arrived into the venue. You know, straight, straight away, the girl hushed me. said, no, come into the speaker room. I said, can I see the room? Said, no, no, no. When it's your time, we're going to bring you in. And said, okay, fine. And uh, they put me into stage one. So yeah. I know it's different between all the stages. And I arrived into the rooms. It was like a cinema style format. And you know how you go into the cinema, you can't see because you have this black, you know. Yeah. Black, but then obviously it kind of lays, lays down like that, smaller and smaller. And as I enter the room and I turn my head <laughs> to the right, I'm thinking, what the freak? There's like 5,000 people in the room. And I'm like, I'm uh. half awake. And, and I had two things I went to my mind. I can either run away and go back to my bedroom or either just, you know, I'd be myself. Yeah, yeah. And even if I do something wrong, nobody's going to remember it. And I sent a okay. photo and he's like, and I sent a photo to my he's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to speak about. Like, oh my God. And they were like, okay, good luck and so forth. And oh, yeah, amazing. it was like, so much fun. And, and it's amazing, isn't it? Because it comes back to that thing you said earlier about, you know, sometimes it's that fear and you run towards that fear. But actually mm. when you're thrust into that environment, you could have said, I'm not doing this and walked away and that was it. But you said, mm. I'm here. What's the, mm. what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. And actually get out there and do it. And I think there's real something there. But, but the other bit I love there as well, if you've gone from, from being the networking, being one of the many fish in the room to being mm. on stage, mm -hmm. people are then seeing you and you're creating that brand yeah. out there and, and talking about things so people can start seeing that. And, and also I love the point as well, just to come back to the point you made about um, thinking about things a bit different. So you know, the neural marketing, the psychology of design, those type of things, something different. Mm. which makes you stand out. I think yes. there's something there. I think what made me stand out is actually I was not afraid to also share my personal stories and failures and wins. Ooh. Again, for that in terms yeah. of what really, I think, you know, I've used the power of my stage to also influence people to make better decisions, whatever mm. it is, recruiting and, you know, whatever it is, whatever you think of a younger generation, whatever you think of, you know, you know where the possibilities are and really reframing people's mindset you know and that's you know if i have that power and um to do so i would definitely use yeah. it yeah I, I, lo I love that actually so it's that personal story and, and one thing i think there is something about this be being vulnerable being willing to stand up there on yeah. stage um but one thing you said to me when we talked previously when we were setting up some discussion for this podcast you said that one of the things you noticed you walked into these rooms of networking and you chosen to go into the technology space and and, and you you realize there you were one of very few black mm. women in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? So you're there and you're, you're standing out in a different way, but you realize there's, there's no one else around doing that same thing. Yeah. So what, what, what happened after that? Because I think that's quite a, an interesting thing because you came into this technology space as a woman and started to make a difference. Yes, absolutely. It's interesting because I think in my character, you know, even when I drive, when I see, you know, when I'm looking for parking place and I see everybody going right, like, you know, I'm going to go left. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, if everybody, everybody goes right, then most likely yeah, I'm not going to find space. And I was, in my mind, like, I'm going to find a place, a space to park. So I always go, okay, if everybody goes right, I'm going to go left. So always my, my mindset is that 
if nobody's doing it, then somebody else needs to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Me, force me. So again, so if in networking, trust me, people know me, I will, I will be wearing colors and, you know, red suits and, you know, and so forth. So I will, you know, for a long time, I've used the fact that I was a minority as a power where quite often, you know, may think that, you know, you know because I used to work as well, in, as I mentioned, in oil and gas. So yeah. oil and gas very highly men dominated. Some of them can be a bit, uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, can be a bit creepy. But you know, I've used that power of being, you know, uh, different to be remembered. Yes. Yeah. And then you know, starting conversation. And it was interesting because you know, despite that, you know, men will find power because they're all among themselves. But, you know, when a woman comes and approaches me, like, oh, okay, well, this woman is confident. She's interesting, and also maybe my perception that I have of women is not, you know, you know, is not right. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting as a woman, you, you go not just as I'm here to do business, but I also went with a mindset that you see me for business, don't see me for the color of my skin or for me being a woman. And that's where many people focused on. Yeah, I think that's powerful, actually, isn't it? Because actually, you know, we talked about diversity before this and, and from all the conversations I have with people around diversity and engagement, actually, I know that the best businesses are the ones that pull on the whole of the people around them for and, and irrespective of who they are, but it's what they can bring to the party, what they can all contribute. And that's, I think, when you get the best engagement from, from people and that's when you build the best businesses. When you're just tapping into the who the people are and recognising that this person got a skill in this area, this person got a skill in this area, I don't mind who they are, but actually it's the development of that skill set to build the whole business, which is the key driver to future success. Yes. So, so for you, when you are stepping out there, you were there for business. But I know there's you said something there as well. You know, you, you stood out because you wore colours. You're very colourful in your in your dress sense as well. So that yeah. makes you stand out and you're and you're noticeable. Which yeah. is a bit about branding. Yeah, definitely, definitely the loudest laugh. Yes, <laughs> if we, yes. I think that people would just try to to compress or or you know, or hold, I would just do the opposite. I would just so be myself, and and you, you, it's easier, it's harder yeah. to try it. And I say that you know, you can, you know, you can you can be adaptable, but don't necessarily lose who you are and what's the essence of yourself. You know, mm -hmm. so for example, when we have conversation about that, you know, within the Black women community that I created, Chile Black Women in Tech, is that. You can be, you know, still be yourself, but know exactly how to adapt. So the way I would be talking to my girlfriend, I probably not have the same conversation when I'm talking to to a client. Yeah. The way I'm talking with my brother, I probably not have a conversation when I'm talking to my client. It's just about adaptability, which yeah. is super key. Yeah. So tell me about Black Women in Tech in that case. Where, where, where did that idea come from? What was the thing? Because that's a big driver for you. It's a big part of what you've done. So tell me about this. So again, to me, you know, I've, you know, as I said, like being the only one in the room was for me a power, a powerful way to be remembered. And I realized, you know, I'm tired of being the only one in the room and always, you know, asking questions from my point of view. Where are the other women? And um, yeah. I remember going to a, a client of mine said to me, like, come to this lunch. It's in this fancy place. It's hundred pounds. I was like, oh, do I want to spend hundred pounds? <laughs> Random people. <laughs> I've never spent hundred pounds people that I know, and so forth. I say, this guy, you might like his name is Russell. He's the founder of Tech London Advocate. I said, okay, cool. I'm gonna come. Now you give me a reason to come. I come. And uh, so I went to this event and I heard him speak about how you know there's gonna be a shortage of digital talent, and obviously COVID made it worse. And mm. predicted obviously happened. So now every company is literally desperate for talent. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I had a conversation. So I say, okay, let's connect, whatever. And I went to a couple of these events and I'm still in the room. And I'm thinking, I'm still the only one in the room. And I said to him, like, I'm the only one in the room. What's going on? And looked at me, he's like, I know. But with his eyes, you can tell, like, I don't know what to do about it. And I say, I'm going to mm. do something about it. I say, okay. 
And you probably didn't think that I'm going to take it as far as I took it. Yeah, okay, cool. Because a lot of people, what you have to understand about the Take London Advocate, it's a completely voluntary. So people don't get paid to do this. You just do that as one okay. initiative. And um, in back of that, I said, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. And, and when we launch, we did say every single day, we're going to find a black woman to highlight because the presentation was not made out of that. And that went wow. crazy. Yeah. They are recognized, you know, approved, and very surprised that wow, you putting me on the pedestal. Yeah, because, I love yeah. It. We it was just a little. It was a little group with you know just social media pages, no website, nothing at all, and it became bigger and bigger. And that's when, at the end of our first year, Dutch Bank approached the hey, we want to sponsor one of the events. Well, people are and we have no sponsorship package. So it was very, um, as you say, um, organic. Was like, okay, we have a sponsorship package. We have to put something together. Like, what do you do for that? How much do you charge for this? Like, okay, that's I'm going to charge. And I said, yeah, we want to do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and the fascinating thing there I get for you, this is something I'm hearing about you as we go through. You know, if there's a, if there's a problem to be solved, you're the one who will step up and say, do it. If, there's mm -hmm. a, if everyone's turning else, turning right, you're turning left. Mm -hmm. You're making that difference. So you recognize there was a problem and where other people have just ignored it, you said, I'm going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You stepped up and made something else happen. So I think it's fascinating, this mindset you've got, which is this enabler piece for you. Yeah, absolutely. Which gets you to do things. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's what's beautiful is that a lot of people say, wow, I'm so glad you did it. It's like, why did you not do it? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, probably best it was us who did it because obviously we, the TLA Black Women Tech was engined by a, a marketing agency. So you know something we had no budget but we knew exactly how to connect with people and utilize and think about communication content and so forth yeah and at some point we literally had to set it up as a non-profit because now people wanted to have can we post job board on your platform we, like, oh, we don't have a page for that let's create one <laughs> put the page on there Love it. Like, okay now then, okay now we you know in different phase okay now people are looking for a bit more let's create corporate membership package and then in the back of that obviously as the network grew realized because yeah. what we were starting doing, so we had event on a monthly basis, so that was a good way to stay in touch with everybody. Obviously, when COVID happened, then we had to move online. And then moving online made that we weren't able to reach people beyond just London. So now we're finding yeah. women outside London, like enough. And people say to us, like, oh my gosh, if I didn't find you, I would have fallen into depression. It's like, wow, it's amazing, wow. you know. Yeah. So actually, there's another purpose behind it as well. That you're bringing purpose, like, absolutely. Like, we can't stop. We have to carry on, you know. And uh, I put a lot of things behind that around mindfulness, you know, meditation. Some very strong on meditation and and creating a space, you know, creating, mm. protecting your your peace. And then as we, you know, we started trying, you know, try different initiatives such as our lunches. Every month we do a lunch. And as we do our lunch, we met. This was just a free conversation. We met women say, "Oh, I come from Zoom." I'm, I have 20 years in the industry, and obviously, black women it's really hard to guess their age. <laughs> so I'm looking at me like, how long have you been in the industry? And I, how come I've never heard from you? And I realized, yeah. wait a minute, because you know, companies come to say, yeah, we want to attract talent. So everybody's yeah. looking for ready-made talent, but we're yeah. always doing something around. Let's you know, engineer and bring more women, young mm. girls, thinking about technology as a, as a career. And that's when the Love idea it. of the book, The Voices in the Shadow, came together. Yeah, okay. So you launched that book last October. Mm -hmm. so, so that took a, quite a time to get together, though. So tell me more about this Voice in the Shadow, because I think this is really impressive. Yeah, so The Voice in the Shadow, again, like we, you know, put the idea, you know, again, for COVID and launched it last year. So again, something as we, as the network grew, we realized more and more women presenting themselves in a Slack group. Yes, I come from this company. I'm a director. Mm -hmm. I'm this. So wow, I was like, wow, I want to hear your story. 
And um, as we're realizing, it's not just one person, it's not just one up, you know, exception. It's like there are many of them. But yeah. if we really want to trigger an interest towards technology, we have to do something more than just, you know, uh, what we're doing right there. And that's when the book came into place and we wanted to make sure that we distributed for free towards schools across the okay. UK. We did a few as well in Ireland. And then yeah. it was interesting because this book is obviously evergreen and it has lots of purpose. First of all, representation. So women in all in a space feel powerful and, and they build the legacy. The second thing is for women who are maybe in middle management or stuck there, figure out how those women have done it and we're creating mentors. And the last uh, section of this book is obviously yeah. for the younger generation to look at this as inspiration. So it's not wow. the book is not written just for black girls or there's for everybody to read it. So whether you're a parent, whether you are a, not a black woman or a black man, you read this and think, wow, my perception of what I have of a black woman will change. And those stories have all sorts of background women who mm. have poor background, women who have wealthy background, women who have kids, not kids, someone who was yeah. I felt pregnant very early, came from, you know, lived in council flood you know, came from Africa, yeah. there's a nurse moving to something else. There's, there's so much diversity and richness in being yeah. black that those stories have, um, have so much power. And it was important yeah. to, stay, to say them because, you know, inspired by hidden figures, this movie about- the Yeah, yeah, the NASA, yeah, in the US, one of the NASA scientists, yes. Again, same thing, you know, you think, wow, you know, what we had to go through to work up to where we want to be, but we also want to, I wanted to show you that it is possible if you mm. mine into it, it doesn't mean it's, it's not harder, but it's possible. Yes, it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And to read the companies to really think that, you know, really change your mindset around what you think black women are capable of doing, you know? Yeah. And, and I love your point there as well. Is you, you, this book is actually, yes, it started talking about, you know, the, the voice in the shadow. So it's people who haven't been seen in the past, but they're there doing a great job. Mm. But the fact you're distributing it for free to schools, and it's not just aimed at black children, it's actually aimed at children. So it gives them that inspiration to say, you can achieve something just because of where you come from mm. doesn't mean you're going to be held down to that position in the future. You can do everything you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the bit that I hear coming through that. It's a, it's a book which is inspirational in its nature. Mm -hmm. It's focusing on, on people who have got out and done things mm -hmm. made a difference. And I think this is, this is the bit. So it comes out this full circle again, back to you enabling. You're enabling individuals to step up and realise if that person could do it, I can do it too. 100%. Is that how I hear it? Absolutely. And that's what we carry on because obviously as we, the book was such a great success and obviously continuously yeah. helped us grow our, our audience. And you can see our engaged audiences are on our social platform. So yeah. we're doing a volume two this year again, you know, we're presenting another 51 stories of, of black wow. women. And again, the event is going to be again in October for Black Women Month alongside where kids are on a break. So women can bring their kids, you know, and like they did last year. And, and, uh, and yeah, we want to open as well to visitors. So, we, you know, it's a graduate, I think it's been a graduate progression yeah. when I never, even had to be myself, I didn't, I didn't think there was so many great, you know, and being a black man, I didn't think there was that many. And I'm, you know, every day I'm surprised, you know, in a good way. Something like if me as a black man, I'm surprised, I'm thinking how many people were non-black female are also surprised by so much amount of talent, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's a real power in that, you know, as a, as a father of two girls, I think I look at this from a point of view of, um, and I've said this before in this podcast, I think now is the time for, for women, really, they're coming into the power because, you know, I, I listen to my 16 year old, who is my voice of reason when it comes to anything, uh, equality, diversity, feminism, or, or just the fact that we all can do things together. Yeah. And I think this is the bit that I see, you know, now, now is the time because 
people have got to enable it. And these people like you who are stepping up and saying, it hasn't been done before, but why not? Let's just go and do it. Absolutely. And I think that's a great thing. Um, so what's um, if you were to, to, to circle back on this, to say, what's your purpose? And, and purpose has been become a bit of an overused word in the last few years, I think. But I believe purpose and passion go hand in hand. Yeah. So if you were to, to, to say, what's your purpose in this world? I wonder, have you got any descriptor that says, yeah, this is what I'm here for? Yeah, I do. And I think for me is that the more we enable people to, not, we're not good at everything. And mm. that's something that is important that we can't be good at everything, but it's allow, in allowing people to find what makes them exceptional. And some people are still searching for it. And if I can help through my through journey that, you know, people want to share their journey with me, help them find their, their, their excellence, yeah they can make a positive impact themselves on more people and that's yeah. what's important about life is that and that's probably why you know if you think about the old journey for covid I, for me that allowed me to do different things that i'm really proud of you know and i didn't leave i didn't let i didn't let the world drive me crazy mm. and i want to figure out how can i find the excellence in everybody where they're really good at and then they can add the in you know their turn to something great that also impactful yeah i love that i love that and, and you know from a from a coaching perspective you know i look at what what i do and what the coaches that i work with do it's all about helping people find that inner diamond mm -hmm. that's there already but a lot of people have not found it because they're, they're they're looking somewhere else mm -hmm. and and i love what you're saying about you know finding finding what people what makes people excellent finding out you know what makes people exceptional yeah. because we've all got that and in some ways when i look at you you know the, the book of the voice in the shadow actually that's exactly that as well saying actually there's all these people there who are who are there they're the diamonds already shining through and the fact you're giving it away to to, to schools to help those children find their way to and realize they've actually got it already they've just got to find out what it is for themselves mm -hmm. i think that's a real powerful message mm -hmm. i love that and, and from a from a purpose point of view and from a from a point of view, engaging employees, mm -hmm. I think that just does wonders for business. And, and we always talk about, you know, cultural versus commercial in business. And actually, if you get that culture right, where people want to come to work for you, Absolutely. your branding says it all. And that's the key that drives people to want to do a good job for your business. Absolutely. It's funny because I've been, I started reading the, the culture of Netflix. I don't know if you heard about the culture of Netflix. It's yeah, I have. I've not read it, but I know the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one to read and what they do and you know, it's, it's amazing to just give so much trust, you know, people, that's what's fascinating about COVID is people mm. always feel that because someone is sitting next to you, they're doing the work. <laughs> Somebody could be sitting and just be on Facebook or Instagram all day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nothing, but if you can see in terms of how their job impact on something else and they're yeah. people just stay on, you know, stay, stay um, um, connected and stay active in what they're supposed to do, they will do the work, you know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think we have this, you know, we have a, um, you know, I think that's probably something that I'm, I'm exploring as well. I haven't done yet, but like, what's really definition of time? I don't know if you heard in the news that they, some companies are exploring four days a week, you know, kind of work, you know, but then focusing people in terms of, you know, week at goals of a week they need to achieve. And if you can do that, mm -hmm. then why not? So we need to re, you know, reimagine what really, what life balance is about, yeah. you know? I, and I think that's churches. I know one thing about Netflix from, from the stories I've heard from the conversation I've had about the, the culture of Netflix, you know, the unlimited holidays. Mm -hmm. Because people, people then set their own goal, but actually you've got some goals to achieve, but it's up to you to manage it. I'm not going to sit there as your boss to manage you. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to come back to me with the results. And uh, I think there's a, there's a real power in that, which, which 
during COVID, we've had to open up to the fact that people can work from home and do a good job. People can be there. I think a lot of people want to go back and be partners with people in an office and meeting people again. Mm. But the fact is we have to trust each other because we're not physically located anymore. And I think that will drive a lot, a lot of the culture and businesses and those that will survive will be the ones that really open up to mm. trusting each other in the better way for, possible in the future. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like, are you focusing on the output or are you focusing on the input? And yeah. that's what is like what results comes out of that you know this, yeah. you know you have to also understand at what stage of your employee is some of them you know when especially when a junior they probably need more support and but when somebody has the, a grab of the process and what they're supposed to achieve if your job is to give them that independence and ownership and after that you know you move yeah. on to do something else i was like, always like oh do you do all of this i was like i don't do all of it by myself are you mad <laughs> <laughs> I have a team, like I just do the recording, everybody has to take over after that. It's not me, it was in charge of it. But I, you know, if you have a process and you give them yeah. you know, the you know, the ownership of it, then they would know exactly how to manage it. Yeah. And and I think the bit that goes along that as well is I think is if you've got a clear vision of what you're trying to create mm. and you've got a clear purpose, people come to work with their their blood, sweat, and tears with their hearts and minds, as opposed to just for your money. Mm-hmm. And they buy into your purpose as a business. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hearing that because actually you're really good at creating that vision, yeah. which is what I'd expect from someone who's in your position as a, as a brand or as an enabler. Mm-hmm. You've got a great vision and you're able to communicate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it comes back to that phrase you mentioned earlier. You're able to communicate it in a way of not just the words, but the way you make people feel, which is the, way, the reason people do anything. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. That's, that's a lovely Absolutely. story. You know, the biggest... You know the biggest challenge for any company is always people. So, and you know, people always say that you know treat your 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 clients right first. I say like if you treat your your team right first, they will look after your clients. That, yeah. that is so key. You know, so create an environment yeah. that people you know don't dread to wake up in the morning. You know, they yeah. actually look forward to contribute to something bigger. Real power to that. So here we are. One one last question for you in that case, and that question is one that, that I love to to look into. Um, if you could go back and talk to the younger Flavilla well, at some age and give her some advice, what three piece of advice would you give the younger you? I would definitely do like make sure to get into property business early. <laughs> <laughs> get some Apple stock as soon as you can, Microsoft. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I would definitely I would definitely do her like keep keep being your crazy. Your crazy is what's what makes you, you know, what makes you exceptional. Yeah. Yes, you know, I'm definitely embrace the fear and because I think do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, that little you know, like voice in the, in your head that tells you not to do something, it's fear and, and don't let it control you. And have fun along the journey. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that final point, have fun along the journey, because actually we all need to make sure we're having fun because that's what it's about at the end of the day. It's all part of that. So um, for the Villafong gang, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a long time coming. And um, there's so much I've just learned from just that 45 minutes of talking with you now. Um, so wonderful to talk to you. Um, if people wanted to connect with you, where would they go? Yeah, thank you so much Phil, for having me. I really enjoyed it. It went really fast. Yeah, <laughs> um, very easy. I'm pretty much everywhere except TikTok. So, uh, but yes, my favorite place is LinkedIn. So you can find me. But you know, if you just Google uh, Google Flavilla Fungonga, come up. But yeah, you can find me. Find me on LinkedIn, and obviously you can visit Freecolors website and TLA Black Women in Tech website. But yeah, so easy to be found. There's not many Flavilla, so there's only there's only one. That's why I like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a real pleasure. And I look forward to meeting you again soon and uh, coming into London and uh, meeting you personally again. So thank you for your time, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks Baconian podcast. So please, go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there, some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments, because that helps other people like you find this content. And we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people. It helps us grow. And also, think about what actions you want to take, because there's no point just listening passively. We want you to pick it up and do something with it. So what are the three key things you want to do? I can't hold you accountable, but if you want to, drop me a note, phil at igniumconsult.com. We're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people. We wish you well. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Give us a review. Thank you.